Perfection is relative. Regret is permanent. Oh, that's so good. Say that again. So perfection is relative. Regret is permanent. Thank you so much for tuning into the Raw and Real Show, where we talk with real people about their raw and real life stories. This is your host, Miguel Aquino. Welcome to the Ryan Real Show. Thank you for being here with us again. And uh, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at MiguelAquino01. Or you can send me an email at L-U-I-S-M-I-D-W at gmail.com. If you have any comments, any questions, or if you'd like to be part of the, uh, the Ryan Real, uh, you can just uh, send me a DM or send me an email there. Today, our guest, a very special one for me. Thank you for being here. His name is Ivan Herrera. He's a 31-year-old man. So he's been married for four years with two beautiful daughters. Uh, he's a creative freelancer. And above all, especially above all, he <laughs> is the editor of the Raw and Real podcast. Hey, Ivan, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for being here and accepting the invitation. Yes, sir. I've, I think you declined it so many times that it was time for me to finally accept one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Again, thank you. And uh, thank you uh, to your wife also you know, for uh, letting you be here, uh, spend this time with us. Of course. Now, talk to me about this thing that I just found out about you, <laughs> fantasy football or you are a fantasy i mean you are like a like a fanatic of sports that's right okay yeah but fantasy football is, is kind of like your thing oh yeah it is it's so funny i love watching football right uh, it's it's so much fun to watch the games and one of my good friends got me into fantasy football and i didn't know what it was about i just played it very casually and it just became a such a fun passion because it was me and a couple of friends that were in this league together and I got so emotionally invested in it because it was such a fun way to do community with the guys I was, you know, watching these, you know, these games with. And long story short, fantasy football has just made me become this emotional guy when I'm watching sports now, when I'm watching these games. Like, it's so into it. wanted my team to do so well. It's, it's just a fun hobby that I've been able to connect with some really good people and have some really good friendships. So it's it's a lot of fun. Um, my wife will tell you I'm the biggest nerd that she's ever met because she sees that I'm creating Excel sheets, putting all my numbers. I just, I, I never <laughs> thought it was that deep. Oh, dude, it's deep. Yeah. So, so the thing is, <laughs> I'm gonna, so I started off in one league, right? Okay. Um, I now am in seven leagues. So I'm in seven fantasy football leagues, one of which where I'm in a league where I have not met one guy in person. All of them are either in the East Coast or from the South. The only way we met was through a fantasy football app where we just said, hey, we're not doing a league. <laughs> so that shows you how much of a fanatic I am where I'm in a league with strangers where I'm giving them money to run this league. And we just... Uh, wow. Yeah, is this someone you were talking to me about, uh, the clubhouse? Or is this right. something different? Yeah. So on, on a clubhouse, I was looking to get into it just to see what it was all about. It was a new social media app. Right. And I got involved into the fantasy football community. And it's crazy, man. Like I connect with guys from like Malaysia and I'm with like, I was in a room with one of my fantasy football heroes. His name is Matthew Barry. Okay. And I got a chance to talk to him and it was, it was crazy. It was like me talking to like, say if I was a basketball player and I had a chance to meet Michael Jordan, it was that kind wow. of equivalent. And it was crazy. I was telling my wife, I got invited to talk to Matthew Barry about fantasy football. Were you nervous? 
I was nervous, dude. Yeah. I was, I was so nervous. I was even <laughs> screenshotting it, sending it to my friends. Like, dude, I'm about to talk to Matthew Barry. It was so crazy. <laughs> but, but yeah, so uh, it's, it's one of the things where like, I would have never thought I would have been so invested in it, but it's been such a fun hobby. Something that I, I enjoy to get a break from, you know, being a, not that, you know, one ever needs a break from being a husband or a father. Right, right. But just, you know, a fun, a fun outlet that mm. at least gives me a time to just, you know, recharge my batteries and yeah. get ready to go back into it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Thank you yes, sir. for 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 sharing that piece of a deep <laughs> baby sharing too much, right? <laughs> yeah, because I didn't even know like you were that into it. But oh, uh, yeah. yeah, thank you for that. Of course. Now, what makes you smile? Wow, what makes me smile? People say I smile a lot. Okay, but I didn't mean to get so spiritual so early. But I I think it's because I've been blessed with so much, man, mm. and. When I think of all the mistakes I've made and I think of the things I've done to, to, uh, to others, including myself, I smile because, man, I, I have earned a grace that I, well, I don't even think I earned the graces, even the right way I should say it, but I have received so much grace that I just love to now just always live and reflect that grace by just smiling and making people feel like, you know what, there's always going to be a purpose to the pains that we go through, even though the pains that we go through may have been self-inflicted. But now I just smile through it because I always know there's always hope behind it and there's always purpose with it too. Cool. Now you talk about grace. Yes, sir. What is grace? Describe grace for people like me or someone out there sure. that probably are not really going to understand what sure. do you mean when you use the word grace? I think it's that that undeserved gift that we can never explain why we receive it from God, but it's the one that we get to live out every single day, whether we realize it or not. And it's this beautiful thing that I've been given that I love to embody each and every day. So whenever I'm interacting with someone, I try to embody it the best I can. Whether I'm in traffic and someone cuts me off, <laughs> I'm trying not to give them the finger. <laughs> I feel like, you know what? They're, they're just as human as I am, man. And even though they, they don't deserve it, I've been given so much that I myself have never ever really deserved as well. That's good. Good. You, you know, probably some of us needed to hear that. Right. Uh, that definition of grace, of uh, really having some understanding. Because most of the time we feel like we have to do things. Right. You know, uh, I want to say maybe uh, because of the cultural part of it sure uh the way we have been raised uh it seems like you always have to earn everything That's you right. always have to work for sure. everything and that comes down even to for asking to you know for someone to forgive you That's or right. like you made a mistake and it's like okay i'm gonna do all these things so 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 they can forgive me i'm gonna do all these things so uh uh, maybe a uh, guy looks down and he'd be like, okay, you know, God, I'm working for you. I'm doing A, B, and C for you. Right. But that's not grace. No, it's not. Grace is like, okay, is this gift? You don't deserve it. That's right. But it's right here. That's right. It's up to you if you want to take it. That's right. Right. So, yeah. Now, I want to change the gears a little bit. Sure. And I want to ask you, you are a freelancer. Yes, sir. Describe for us a little bit of what is that being a freelancer and how do you survive mm -hmm. out of that? Yeah. So 
Yeah, just to really give a very brief definition of what a freelancer is, you're basically just now a a, uh, a contractor for someone. So uh, in the realm that me and my wife, the way that we operate, we are the creative freelancers. So we work to- Oh, wait a minute. So your wife does the same thing also? Yeah. So she's been doing it with me for- So she started getting involved with it in 2018. She's a stay-at-home mom, which was something that we didn't really envision or plan for our, our life. But as uh, most of- what life does it's uh throws curveballs at us right so when she decided to be a stay-at-home mom she wanted to get a little bit more involved with the process of, of what i was doing on the side so as a creative freelancer what that gives us the opportunity to do is collaborate together to either you know and it it really ranges from being a photographer for for someone's wedding that wants us to capture memories that they're going to cherish forever to a business like for instance like we work with the real estate business here locally in ranch cucamonga that wants us to do all their video content all their graphics for social media so that way they can attract the right kind of business to not only get the right people that want to maybe buy or sell their home but also get the right people to be on their team Hmm. so it's just working through those kind of things and using our creative elements to be able to make that happen for them all right so wow that's that's uh that's really cool but i need and didn't know that your wife was uh into it too. yeah yeah she so she, is this like a family business kind of thing that yeah. started yeah it started you know man like she she's the one that wanted it to happen so so bad and uh it's because she knew that i had such a huge passion for it like for for wanting to help people and stuff and that's just naturally how we're built you know both me and her but i'm I was more of the guy of, well, let's make sure that we have X, Y, and Z all done before we go forward. And she's more of a... What were, what, what, were some, what were some of those things that you wanted to be pretty much in place already before you launched your business? The reason why I'm asking this question is because uh, my brother, yeah, right? He, uh, he's, he's, uh, the, he's the creator and owner of Inner Strength System. Cool. So... He was. He got to this point of like, okay, you know what? I just need to make a decision and then just go for it. Just right. jump in for you know whether I have everything that I need or I don't. Sure. You know, I'm just gonna. The people are gonna come and I'm just gonna learn. That's right. In the way. Right. So talk to me about, about some of the things that you really wanted to have in place before launching your own personal business. Right. So what I'll tell you right now is that things I thought I wanted in place were basically just a waste of time. It was just me. Talk to us about that. So I always thought okay, this has to look a certain way. And when I say this, I mean like our logo has to look clean. I have to like, I have to make sure I have my my headshots in place. So that way when someone goes to our website, my photos are there. Um, or I have to have the right clients first so that way I can be able to have them to be referrals. So if I go into this interview with a potential business owner that wants to hire us, I have the, the perfect portfolio. But I realized all oh, that was a waste of time. And your wife had a different mentality than you. She was more like, just go, just go. And I'm just like, no, I can't. Like, I want to make sure it's right. But in reality, I just wanted to hold on to the vision. So that way it was just a vision. And it wasn't going to be what I thought it was going to be, which was going to be either a failure or what I was hoping for was going to be a success. But I think I was more consumed with, okay, what are others going to think about it? Are they going to see me different? Are they going to start to critique me? And really, it's I've learned, just start messy. Start messy and figure it out as you go and just get 1% better is one of my uh, mentors would always teach me. Just get 1% better. That's it. But as time goes on, you're going to eventually learn as you continue to just go and just get messy. Mm, that is that is so, so good and so rich. Thank you. Because, um, you know, my wife and I are uh, starting a like small business. Sure. Uh, like a home cleaning business. Right. And... and 
we are going through the same thing that you started with. Uh-huh. You know, like, oh, we need to have a logo. We need to have a name. Right. Uh, but the thing is, if you only have the vision uh-huh. of what you want, but not really act on it or start, right. you know, like, okay, hey, yeah, we're thinking and planning to do, you know, to have a, this own, uh, this business or whatever. We already probably, you're, you can have all everything set up. But if you don't do it, that's right. if you don't take that step with that leap of faith, it's nothing. That's right. Yeah, there's this quote that I that I've just really have held on to because of the experience. And it is perfection is relative. Regret is permanent. Oh, that's so good. Say that again. So perfection is relative. Regret is permanent. How did it, how did that phrase or that quote talk to you on this process? I've always wanted, just like I told you before, wanted to have everything set up, right? You know? But if I'm just wasting my time trying to get everything together to be quote unquote perfect, I'm never going to go forward. And one of my spiritual fathers, Pastor Diego, he he taught this in a sermon one time. And he said, if you wait for the perfect conditions, nothing will ever get done. And I felt that was just a punch in my gut. Like, <laughs> oh God, like, yeah, geez, were you talking to my wife that morning or what? Because that's exactly right. what she would say. Mm. But because it's Pastor Diego has some extra spiritual sauce on it. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. No, just kidding. Honey. I still listen to you. No. <laughs> I hear you, man. You know, I heard the quote, uh, better done than perfect. That's good. You know, when I heard that quote, I started doing a lot of different things in my life. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to get it done. I'm That's just right. Do it. That's Whether right. Whether it's messy or not, I'm just going to get it done. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability to the best of whatever uh, I'm capable, able uh, to do things. But it's better done mm-hmm. than perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I'm a perfectionist. That's my problem. Right. Sure. You know, one of my biggest problems is that, that I'm a perfectionist. Right. And you want everything to be sparking clean. You want everything to be so good and so perfect. Right. But the problem with that perfectionist is that you don't really get things done because you can see it in your mind. Right happening but until you actually do it nothing is really happening that's right you know right so you touch a little bit about success so what does success looks like for you what is your definition of success well you know what uh success is such a relative term you know because we can define it so many different ways whether someone wants to define it because of how much they make financially um, how successful they are maybe what they're following on social media but as someone that as you mentioned before as a sports fanatic one of the people that i've always looked up to growing up as a kid was uh kobe bryant someone that played for the lakers for 20 years and being a kid that was here in socal i basically saw him throughout his entire career but i loved how dedicated he was to being the absolute best at what he did like in his crowd which was obviously basketball in this example but i love that for 20 years as soon as he retired the entire NBA like stopped to recognize his his final game and he got so much honor. But I thought about like that was earned through just the complete perseverance that he went through in his career. So I think it's someone that's able to make an impact and persevere and show that with just hard work. So when I now equate it to someone like myself, who's just a regular Joe, like anyone who's right now just listening to this podcast, for me, I would love to build a legacy. So I guess the the underlying you know thing here is someone that has a legacy that is built off of integrity, character, and sincerity. Because I've always admired people that have done it, that have been faithful not only 
in their callings, but whether it's in their family life. I see guys that have the best marriages, that have great kids. Like so all of that is because of there's, you know, like a a strong foundation of character, integrity, and of course sincerity. So how is that working out for you? Your own, I mean, your definition of success. Sure. When you see your life now, where you started, where you are, right. uh, your present life, and even including your future life with, with, with your with your family, your, right. your business. Yeah. So right now, thankfully, we've been in a season where my wife and I, and you know, we've made so many mistakes, countless mistakes. And I think the one thing I can say that I'm so grateful to have with my spouse, my wife, Panice, is that we both love accountability. So we know, okay, this, this journey is not going to be perfect. We're not going to make all, all, all the right decisions, but we're at least, and even if we come to a point where we don't know how we're going to figure something out, we know that we're going to at least want to seek it. So that way we have the, uh, the healthiest marriage. We have the best example for our girls because a lot of what happens within, uh, you know, just the culture as being a, Hispanic man, and even for my wife, uh, being raised in the Middle East, you don't really share what happens in the house. All that's private. But we've always told ourselves our marriage is going to be an open book. So then that way, we would much rather be embarrassed than have this perfect marriage that is really just a sham. Oh, great. Right now, you say something. You talk about healthy marriage. Right. Can you talk to me? Maybe if there's a difference, if you sure. can talk to me about what's the difference between a healthy marriage right. than a perfect marriage. Right. So I can give you a an example. So And when I say I'm sorry, when I say perfect marriage, sure. I say like quote unquote. Quote know? unquote perfect right, marriage. Right, right. Right. Yeah. For the listeners right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So like for example, we uh there is this couple on TikTok. Uh, you know, for those of you that don't know what that is, it's a social media app very similar to to Instagram where you get to see videos of people that do fun stuff, right? And there was this couple that we saw on there that we absolutely love. We're thinking, oh my gosh, they're so funny. They have the, they have the perfect marriage. They have mm. this beautiful baby. Um, well, they got a divorce. And it's just oh. like, whoa, like they had the perfect marriage, we thought. They were making videos together. They were always laughing. And it's crazy, like, I mean, we've we've heard the story before that um, you know what you see on Instagram isn't always what you see in real life, or in this case, on TikTok or in social media. So, for me and my wife, the way that we can identify that we have a healthy marriage is that if if say for example, if I offend my wife, she knows that I'm gonna get corrected because I'm gonna go to my brothers and say, "Hey guys, I messed up. How can I, you know, I power through this? How can I heal myself as well as make sure that my wife." knows that I want to uh, right this wrong. And I think, and she does a great job of, of doing the exact same. So for us, it's just always opening ourselves for correction and always opening ourselves to have the right kind of guidance to make sure that we're, again, just showing our girls something that we didn't see within ourselves. Not that our parents didn't do the best to have the best marriage, but we know that in, in most cultures, like the ones that we were raised in, you don't share what happens in the house, but we would much rather share with a very close circle, of course, not saying to open up your life completely, but to, to have the right people in your life so that way they can help help guide you, so that way they can help you uh, you know, minimize the learning curve when it comes to your marriage and making sure that it's healthy. Right. Well, where, what was the place, where was that, that you were able to find those people? So for me... Growing up in a, um, you know, like in church since I was a kid, 
one thing I never really had or really valued was community. I mean, I had friends that I was, you know, that I would see every single week that I still have relationships with now, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing I didn't have growing up because I didn't see it as much was just accountability. Like my my parents had a great marriage. They, they were a great example to myself and to my siblings. But I never saw other people speaking into their lives, which was not something that I ever hold against them, but they didn't have an example that, to really base that off of. So for for me and my wife, when we were dating, we saw that we were having some some issues as far as what our expectation was for what marriage would look like, when we would take that next step from being- Can I go a little deeper? Please, of course. What were some kind? What, what were some of those issues that you were enc- uh, encountering as a, as, a, as a marriage? Sure. And uh, but more kind of like focus on you. Yeah. Of what course. were some some of those things that uh, you, as a man, walking into marriage, uh, were, you were going through? Yeah. So a lot of it was whether or not I was ready, and that goes back to it being really just me trying to make sure I have everything figured out. Whether it's some of the temptations I used to struggle with when I was younger, you know, with pornography or, or if it's either like, am I now over this stage of not being this woman chaser that like I was, cause I was always very nice, very flirtatious, but I didn't know how to balance that out mm. as far as making sure I was pushing away the wrong kind of attention that I was getting. And it, thankfully by the time I met my wife, when we were first dating, I was already recommitting my life to Christ. So I've, I always was in church, but I never really had a relationship until later on. And by the time I met her, she'll she'll even tell you too. She didn't even think I liked her because of how safe I was playing it. I didn't want to get Why were you playing it so safe with your wife? Well, you know, it's funny, man. I didn't know any other way. The only way I knew was all the And when you say safe, what 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 was that look like? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So let me just elaborate on that so that way I can at least paint a picture for for the listeners. Um so when I say play it safe, when we were dating, I would open the door for my wife you know of course at the time this is just Penice. this is before she was my girlfriend before whatever open the door for her wouldn't touch her wouldn't like try to hold her hand and nothing just enjoy conversation with her um wouldn't want to sit next to her when we were go to the restaurant no i said i'll say right across from her i drop her off at a at her house at an early time so it wasn't late and when we went to the movies, did they even try to move the seat armrest up to, to hold her hand? Right. Nothing. To the point where I remember she told me that, well, no, like, like she told me later on that she told her best friend, I, I think he likes me, but I don't know if he really likes me. And mm. I, I told her, I'm glad you got that impression because I didn't want you to think I was just pursuing you because previous to that, I didn't know how to have a, you know, have a right relationship outside of just doing all the wrong things. Right. So when it came to her, because I had already recommitted my life to Christ, I wanted to do the exact opposite. And I'm glad it left a mark on her, especially after she told me that she told her best friend, I think he likes me. But then the way that she was describing it to her best friend, she was just like, no, no guy does that. He doesn't like you. He's just a friend of yours. But Mm. it's because she didn't know, of course, how the guy should pursue growth the right way. Talk to us a little bit about that. Because while you were talking, you know, things started coming to my mind. And probably there are probably some girls... Uh, young girls out there yeah. uh, that they're waiting for that perfect guy to come and uh, probably some guys out there too uh, trying to do to do the pursuit after the women that they probably want to marry and right, things yeah. like that. Can you talk to us about uh, just, you know, little, little nuggets that a girl can start looking into a guy like, okay, this guy really wants something serious. Right. You know, just from your own perspective. Yeah, sure. And then 
I could even just do it based off also what I got from my wife too. Right, she set right. such a good example as well. She she was very clear with what she wanted when we started getting involved. But but yes, yeah, so what I'll tell a young lady, uh, this is free free professional advice that isn't professional from Ivan. <laughs> no, but like thank, you, thank you for that disclaimer. No, right. <laughs> I in no way sign off on this. <laughs> I don't guarantee any results. But no, no. <laughs> no, no. So like that. What I would say though, as a young lady and being that I have two daughters now, so right. I'm going to have to have this conversation in the future with my wife, but I would just say, always know your value. Because the thing is, insecurity is going to bring the wrong guy. It'll bring you the wrong kind of attention. So I would always try to encourage, especially anyone right now that is young, that is looking for a relationship, just be secure with who you are right now. Continue to grow, continue to to improve yourself. And I would say always put yourself in proximity to the people that you want to become because that will then attract the right people that are going to come into your life as well. And if that, that desire to have a suitor is there, if you put yourself in the right proximity, that right suitor will come because of how you're just doing just how you're trying to prepare yourself just have that person in your life right what about what about for the guys what what would you tell the guys say so just keep it in your pants no i'm just kidding <laughs> no Play, plain and simple yeah yeah no no I, no because that was me right i was the opposite no so the yeah what i would say is and remember this is ryan real so it is man not gonna be. i'm the editor of it so it doesn't work out i'll take it out <laughs> just kidding. Uh, trust me guys he's not gonna take it out <laughs> right so uh no no for the guys i'd say you know what um We have such a such a special assignment, man, whether you're a believer or not, whether you're of faith or not. And man, we have such an impact and we see it in our society. When you think about some of the things that happen with kids that aren't raised by fathers, that don't have those healthy examples of a man, men play such a pivotal role in, in the lives of so many. And the way that we approach so much of uh, what life throws at us can affect not just ourselves, but so many people that are around us. So my thing is, when it comes to, to men, Just always know that decisions matter. And I think that when it comes to what we go through in this world, integrity matters. And I think there's something to be said about a man that holds himself with, with character and with integrity. And this goes back to even what, what we spoke about earlier to open up the podcast about what defines success. And that's why I just love always encompassing it with integrity and character because it's so universal because that can be applied in so many different areas of life including the most important ones whether it's being a spouse or being a being a parent right right thank you for sharing all of that now of course i want you to picture yourself changing a little bit the conversation sure. going a little bit more uh, to looking at yourself in the mirror sure but i want you, i want you to picture yourself going back in time yeah and you see your younger self Mm -hmm. what piece of advice would you share with your younger self? To be secure with not knowing at all. I think that sometimes, especially when I was younger, I wanted to make sure I had everything checked off, right? You know, going to college, applying for the right kind of career, pursuing the right kind of relationships, making sure that my social media feed had the right people on there, that I was hanging out with the right people. Because man, uh, there's this uh, this line that I have enjoyed listening to from one of my favorite rappers. His name is Andy Minio. And he says, when it comes to people and whether or not you should pay attention to their opinions, he says, people's opinions won't pay my rent, so why should I pay them attention? Wow. And that's one of the philosophies that I've really have, has just completely helped me out now, especially in this season of my life. 
is that just being consumed with what I think others may think is right. such a waste of my energy. And no, mm-hmm. I just said what I may think others may think of me. So it's not even a certainty that they're thinking that. I'm just, it's my own mind getting in You're the way. You're assuming things. Right. So it's it's probably telling myself that because it's such wasted energy uh, for us to progress forward. So I will just tell my younger self, hey, man, just let go of the opinions of others, what you think the opinions of others are. Mm-hmm. And just move forward knowing that, you know what, you were made, you are created, and uh, you have a unique thing that only you can bring to the table. Can you take us back to some of those moments where you were feeling that you needed to know everything, that you needed to impress people, that you needed to impress someone, and uh, that you were so concerned about what others were thinking or probably saying about you? Is there a moment in your life that you can take us back and be like, you know what, Uh, because of this, uh, I know you and your wife have been through uh, some struggles, you know, in in marriage. So I I don't know if uh, there's anything there that can relate to what you just said. Yeah. So the the first thing I could really talk about was, and it actually goes perfectly with with how you just ended that question. Uh, Me and my wife, we went through a traumatic loss, losing one of our daughters. And... Yeah, we're sorry. We're sorry about that, and uh, absolutely, we have been uh, praying. You know, still for 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 thank you for your for, for your wife, for yourself, you know, your your family. Because uh, uh, I have never lost uh, a son. I have lost loved ones. Sure, but I think uh, losing a kid is probably one of the biggest and uh, the strongest and worst pain. That right. As a parent, you can ever go through. Absolutely. So when uh, so this goes back to the 2018. My wife and I uh, were we were expecting to, to have twins, and we were excited because there there's no twins in our family. So we were mm-hmm. so stoked to be the first ones from both sides of the family to bring twins. And I think I was more excited too because it came. I got the news that we were having twins after my team, the Philadelphia Eagles, won the Super Bowl. So I was just like, oh, oh two wow. back-to-back days. This is <laughs> awesome. You know, the Eagles won the Super Bowl, and I find out I'm going to have twins. Uh, of course, whether boy or girl, we didn't know yet, but we just knew we were having twins. And um, so the whole pregnancy, the theme was, wow, we're going to be pioneers for our family. Not that you can control having twins or not, right? But right. just us having the honor to have twins is going to be something awesome. And I'm, I know I may seem like this very strong-built man, but I'm not – I, How tall are you? <laughs> just for, for, for the record. I'm uh, six, four and a half. And don't forget the half. Wow. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah. So, and um, no, but um, I, I, I don't like to work with my hands too much. So I'm not much of a handyman. Mm. Uh, but when I came to my twin girls, I, I was, I built their cribs, their bookshelf, their whole room was set up by myself. And I don't like doing that stuff. But for my girls, I was, I was so proud of doing. Right. You were getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely. Because it was my, it was my daughters. You know, you're a dad, you can vouch for this. You know, when it comes to your kids, you want to do whatever, even if you don't even want to do it. And yeah, so my wife at 36 weeks, she, she started feeling something weird with, uh, within her, uh, within her womb. And you know, we thought it was normal because there wasn't much activity being that she had two babies in her was belly. Was she feeling some uh, some kind of pain? Yeah, or? so, no, it was just she wasn't feeling them at, move as often as they normally would. So we thought it was normal because as they grow older, there's not as much space in the womb as mm-hmm. there was a few months prior. So we had called and the the nurses said, okay, if you know what, there isn't as much movement, by all means, cough, there isn't as much activity. And we, we didn't think anything of it, but then one, the Monday, so she was due on August 20th and then the week prior, which was August 13th, 
she says, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna call something just doesn't feel right. And I'm always just a natural optimistic individual thing. Okay, you can call, but I think everything's gonna be okay. And they said, no, yeah, just bring her in. We'll we'll see what's going on. And you know, we're we're driving. I'm texting my friends, hey, keep us in prayer. My wife's a little worried. I think we're okay, but we're gonna go see what's you know going on with, with one of the babies because she doesn't feel her move. And we thought it was Everly, the one that wasn't moving. But then come to find out, um, it was so weird, man, being in that in that room. It was first one nurse, then one nurse turned to two nurses, then from two nurses it was a doctor and from one doctor it was a a new machine from a new machine to see if the other one wasn't working was now a very stressful situation because i'm just like okay what's going on how do i keep a strong face for my wife because you know again i'm naturally very optimistic she's freaking out how do i give her peace knowing it's going to be okay when it probably doesn't look like it's going to be okay and it was weird i never heard this word before but the doctor said one of your babies has demised. Demise, what does that mean? I think is, is there like does that mean that she's dead or is she still gonna have a chance to be alive? What's that mean? And uh they asked, Yeah, she's uh, she's gone, but we have to get the other baby out. And it was crazy because she said, even with this baby that still has a chance to come out. How many months was your wife? Uh she was let me see, thirty-six weeks. What's that? Like it was it was nine months. So she was almost full term. But but yeah, it was crazy. So yeah, they told us we got to get the baby out because uh, she. Yeah, we don't know what happened, but she she only has a two out of ten chance to make it out alive. And after you hear that one baby's gone, you think two out of ten is just a certainty. So uh, they they rushed my wife out, and it was so hard, man, because I never saw her pray so hard and feel like God failed her at the same time because she was saying, "Lord, please, whatever I got to do, just give me back my baby." And uh, it was hard being there because like I knew what had already happened. It's like, no, she's she's gone. Like our little Amelia's gone. Like we just have Everly and we don't even know if she's gonna make it out. So they they rush her over. She she gets an emergency blood transfusion. And yeah, praise God, she 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 made it, she's healthy. And but they told us, hey, even though she she made it out of the surgery just fine, there's still maybe some some issues in the future. And uh yeah, fast forward. We would go to one of her last tests when she was like almost one. It was, it was so awesome. So just to see her pass all those exams with flying colors and just, you know, really just, you know, for us really revealing just God's grace in that moment and just his promises of, hey, uh, I'm still here, even though you don't, you know, feel me as close as you may think I, I may not be. Right. What a devastating moment. Um, yeah. For, I mean, were you guys... Uh, for how many years were you guys married already when that happened or you guys Man, were just married no we were we were young puppies in in our marriage game so we were so we got married in 2017 the original plan was to have kids three years after we got married because we you know we wanted to get rid of our debt we wanted to be in a good financial state right but my wife felt like at six months into our marriage she felt a tug of wanting to become a mother and she felt like no you know what? i want to start a family and you know this goes back to like listen to this ongoing theme of me being the planner, me wanting to make sure everything is right before we take the next step. And, but yeah, we, we, uh, we sought counsel through the accountability streams that we have. And yeah, we, we got the encouragement from our pastors to no, go ahead, just go for it. You know, God's going to uh, really guide you guys through it, whatever it looks like. And, uh, yeah, sure enough. Um, we, we said, okay, well, we're going to try to get pregnant. If it doesn't happen, cool. If it, if it does great, 
at the at the month later we get pregnant and then of course two months after that we find out that we're having twins and so so yeah we so then we we're just barely a, a year and a half into our marriage when that happened so we were really mm. r- really raw really new but man we we're so glad to have the community that we had to really guide us through that so right now you are 31 years old yes sir so you were in your uh, late 20s late 20s yes, when sir. that happened what part of you as a man right have to die what what was that part that you probably had to die to yourself mm-hmm. or maybe push aside or put aside and really focus on like wait a minute this is really actually happening i need to step up my game as a husband right because my wife is going through this pain at the same time that i'm going through this other pain where i'm losing i mean you're, you're losing a baby you're losing a child that's right what was that what what was what was it well, the the you like, uh, you know, being the planner that you are, right, right? Because I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys already had a, a decoration in the room. You, you already have guys have all of that. You say you, you even mentioned you know, I was a, I'm not a, a handyman, but I was building all these things you know, right. for my for my kids, right? But only one of them comes back home. That's right. What was that thing that as a man? made you see differently and you were able to like you know what i need to grow up because this situation i need to step up to be the husband and to be that man that's right and i think it was just that man like you you uh you you mentioned it you know being being a planner i'd let go of that because yeah we had plans on the 21st to, to bring back our girls to their to their cribs and I had to find peace knowing, you know what, no matter how much I can plan for things, there's there's nothing I can do to really prepare for what life's got to throw at me. Mm. So because of that, I can't now criticize my wife if she has a concern, if she has a worry. I can't say no because, look, no, look, our plan is X, Y, and Z. We're going to be just fine. I have to let go of that now. I have to realize, you know what, the only thing that I can do is be a support to my wife and give her as much security knowing that, you know what, if if life if life gives us the worst, I'm gonna always be here to be be the best for you. And yeah, I think that experience really taught me that that just being the best support with with whatever that may look like, just just be that. And especially for the person I I love most, which in this case is my wife. Wow! Thank you for sharing that deep, of course, um, intimate moment. Right. And uh, Penis, thank you for uh, uh, you know allowing. Ivan, to, to, to share this kind of deepness on uh, on your guys' story because it is not your story. It's, it's both of you guys' story. That's right. And, and I really value and I really appreciate that, you know, being, being able to be so raw and, and so real here with us. Now, Ivan. Yes, sir. Is there anything else before we close that you would like to share with the audience or maybe you there's something that you... Uh, want to say uh, to someone out there that is listening to us before we close? Yeah. Um, one thing I'd say is that my mistakes have taught me more than they hurt me. And because of that, I have so much security in my purpose. So if if you're out there, you know, whoever you are, whatever mistakes you've done, whether it's just recent or in the past, or you think that you have these demons that haunt you, all that is part of your purpose. Um, how that's supposed to be played out, I don't know. When you're going to figure that purpose out, I don't know either. But the only thing I can tell you is that every part of my mistakes that I've made have given me such a beautiful revelation of 
and the grace I have each and every day and the grace that we all have. And I would just say embrace those mistakes because it, it's it's going to be part of who God has made you to be. And uh, I remember this, uh, I'll share this line that I also got from, from one of my favorite rappers who I met personally one time. He, his name is Lecrae. He has a very similar testimony that I do. And his quote was, God can still draw straight lines with crooked sticks. Mm. So yeah, as long as he's the one that's navigating my life, I'll be just fine. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And, and again, for being so open and for being right. so raw and, and, and so real here with the, here with us. Now, um, who you are, sure. please introduce yourself. Tell us about who you are, what you do, and uh, where can we find out more about yourself? Sure. So if I had to describe who I am, I'm a disciple first. And I don't say that to sound spiritual. I say that if you read the New Testament, I'm just like any other guy, flawed, imperfect, I have my issues that I'm still working through, but man, do I love Jesus and do I want to have a relationship with them? And I want that to be exemplified in all areas of my life, whether it's um, as a husband, which I love being, a father that I enjoy also being to my two beautiful babies. And and as I told you before, as a creative freelancer in the way that I handle business with others, that I'm a sincere person, that I'm genuine. And even in my uh, nerdiness, being a fantasy football freak, just being all those things. And uh, you can find me on Instagram at, um, that's at Ivan H three underscores. So, and that's also the same on Twitter and also on clubhouse where I can talk about fantasy football all day long. <laughs> <laughs> all day long, right? Yes, sir. Hey, you know what? So, so I'm going to close this one out a little bit different. Sure. I want to ask you about what is your dream? My dream. Yeah. What is your dream or your guys' dream, including yeah. your wife? Oh man, that's a, that's a loaded question, man. But my dream is to, to, to use my gifts to bring people to understand what their purpose is. And whether that's through, you know, again, through the, the different means I have as a fantasy football nerd, or if it's through my creative influences, or even through my service at church, whatever it is, I want people to, when they see my family, when they see my wife, when they see my girls to, uh, to always see hope within themselves, think, wow, they were able to figure it out. There's hope for me too. To be honest with you, man, like when you asked me what's my dream, the first thing I thought, okay, should I say to uh, to have my dream home in Texas or to have it in a nice place, whatever it is, right? And all that didn't come to my mind. It was more so, no, it's not really my dream. It just sounds cool, but it's not really my dream. My dream is to really make an impact to people individually. So whether it's like, you know, like a friend of mine that I do life with every single day where I get to now challenge him to be better within his marriage or whatever it is, that's what I want to always be known for. And I think that's like the dream that I want to leave with where at the end of the day, when, uh, when God looks at my life, he, he can smile at it and say, okay, he did pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ivan. Thank you so much for the listeners, the audience out there. Thank you for being here with us in raw and real. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Miguel Aquino 01, or you can send me an email at L U I S M I D W at gmail.com. You have any comments, any concerns, any questions, whatever it is, you can uh, just send it my way. Thank you so much for being here. This has been Raw and Real. This has been Raw and Real with real people and real life stories. Thanks again for tuning in. And remember this, you can spend your life any way you want to, but you can only spend it once. Spend it wisely.